In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is great confusion about who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Peter seems to get it as to the who. But then right after Peter's confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus tells the disciples for the first time the what. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Peter rejects this, tells Jesus, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Peter does not understand what Jesus has come to do. Jesus tells the disciples a second time, as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. And now down in Jericho, Jesus tells his disciples for the third time, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified And he will be raised on the third day. Jesus is down in the Jordan Valley on his way to Jerusalem. Traveling with his twelve disciples, a crowd of people, two formerly blind men that he just healed, and likely Zebedee's wife Salome, the mother of James and John. It's a hard 18-mile desert wilderness hike from Jericho to the Mount of Olives, going from 800 feet below sea level to 3,000 feet above sea level. The Good Shepherd likely leads this strange parade through Wadi Kelt, also known as the Valley of the Shadow of Death, on his way out of Jericho. Jesus walks the 18 miles uphill to the top of the Mount of Olives, Then he gets a donkey to ride downhill into Jerusalem. What sense does that make? Well, riding the donkey is not about transportation. Riding the donkey is about fulfilling the prophecy from Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. 
Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is a ridiculous looking spectacle. A full-grown man is riding a small donkey down a steep hill covered with clothing and palm branches. He then rides the little donkey through a gate into the holy city of Jerusalem. What must be going through Jesus' mind? He alone knows all of what is coming that week, and along the way, there are little signs about what is to come. On the back of the donkey, there's a pattern of dark hair in the shape of a cross. As Jesus rides down the Mount of Olives, he rides right past the Garden of Gethsemane, which on Thursday will be his place of passionate prayer and betrayal and arrest. Jesus rides his little donkey down the hill from the east and likely enters the city through the eastern gate the golden gate, into the, into the temple grounds. This is the gate spoken of in Ezekiel's prophecy of a new temple. Then he led me to the gate, the gate facing east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was coming from the east. And the sound of his coming was like the sound of many waters. And the earth shone with his glory. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the king of the Jews, he tells this to the people. He shows this to the people in his miracles and sign. He basically declares, I am the Christ and I am now fulfilling prophecy. And the people welcome him with waving palm branches as a sign of victory. And they're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna means, please, Lord, please save us. Surely now the people of Jerusalem clearly know who Jesus is and what he has come to do. They will know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is the king of the Jews coming to be crowned. He is the savior coming to be the sacrifice for sin. Surely they will see and they will know. <clears throat> and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. As the disciples reported earlier, some say he is a prophet. Jesus is showing and telling his disciples in the crowds who he is and what he has come to do. But the people do not understand. They're confused. After Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey colt as Messiah and King, the people think he's a prophet from Nazareth. And the week will continue with confusion. Jesus teaches that the tax collectors and prostitutes have faith because they believe John the Baptist teaching about Jesus. He teaches that the religious leaders have rejected John's teachings. And they have rejected Jesus. Jesus teaches the crowds and he warns the religious leaders. But the confusion continues. What would it take for the people to understand 
who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Jesus does what he said he would do. He goes to Jerusalem. He suffers many things from the elders, chief priests, and scribes. He's killed. And on the third day, he is raised from the dead. Surely this will be such a clear sign, it will cause all to believe. But tragically, so many people are so caught up on their own situations, their own power and money and control, that they miss Jesus. The busyness of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out their faith in Jesus. This is so much of a problem today in our world, in our lives. There are so many forces pulling for your time and attention and money that Jesus can be bumped from being Savior down to a holiday tradition, down to a helper, down to a buddy, down to a jewelry accessory, down to irrelevant down to the enemy. The devil, the world, and your own sinful nature conspire to rob you of faith in Jesus as your Savior and King. This evil triad works to confuse your understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. And so because you are aware of all the forces working against true faith, You come here each week and you confess your helplessness, remember your baptism, and receive the gift of the forgiveness in Jesus' words and in his body and blood. You come here because you know the truth. Jesus is your King. Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is your Savior from sin. Jesus is who he says he is and you are his cherished treasure. He went to Jerusalem riding on the colt of a donkey to sacrifice himself for you. Today you remember Jesus entering Jerusalem to the waving of palm branches in victory and shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. As the week ends with Jesus on trial, sentenced to death and crucified, you'll see more clues to his true identity. He is crowned. He is given royal robes. Pilate declares Jesus of Nazareth to be the king of the Jews. As Jesus breathes his last, the Roman centurion and his guards witness the earth shake and all that's happening, and they are filled with awe, and they declare, truly, this was the Son of God. And even this clear confession is still a bit confused because, as we'll see next Sunday, it is not that he was the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the resurrected Son of God from eternity to eternity, and he has given you eternal life with him. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise to confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.